Hi and welcome back. Today on the show I have Arvind Apavu. He is the Head of Global Support for All Consumer Business and also Senior Vice President at CSS Corp. CSS is a well-known mid-tier outsourcing firm. They've been going over 25 years now. They have 18 locations over with across about seven countries, I believe, uh, and they are very much a specialist in the area of uh, customer support uh, in the technology sector, but they do so much more than that. Uh, Arvind has been in the company over nearly 20 years, uh, and he's been based in the Philippines for about the last seven years. So it's a good conversation with Arvind about everything outsourcing. We cover COVID, we cover the Philippines versus India, we cover the global footprint of CSS, and also get a lot of insight into how to outsource well. So good conversation. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs and we can help you too. We cover everything from business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations and fully managed services. If you're already outsourcing, about to start or somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your outsourcing practices. We list over 700 outsourcing suppliers on our website, host this leading outsourcing podcast, and have over 5,000 pages of content. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. We offer everything from light brokerage, co-managed services, through to fully managed solutions. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Mention that you're a podcast listener and we will give you special attention plus a 10% discount. This is for a limited time only. Go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Hi and welcome back everybody. Avind Apavu, welcome to the show. How are you? Doing very well, Derek. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So I want to hear a little bit about you soon. But first of all, what does outsourcing mean to you? To me, uh, outsourcing uh, is about bringing amazing customer experience and building value for our partners while ensuring that uh, our partners can go back and focus on what's their core business, uh, right? Support most times is not core to the people that we uh, work for. So, you know, let them focus on what they're good at, leave the support to the experts, us being this case, and um, let us deliver great customer experience and and build up uh, the value chain for the customer. That's how I look at outsourcing. Got it. And Avin, you are as well, you, you sound a young guy, but you're quite the industry veteran already. Maybe give us a little bit of background into your journey, how long you've been outsourcing and also where you are based now. I wish I uh, I looked as young as I sound, uh, but I've been in this industry for a little over 20 years, uh, 18 years of which I've been with CSS. Um, and for the last seven years, I've had the pleasure of uh, working out of Manila. 
it's 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 been an amazing journey. Uh, started on uh, on the front lines, like uh, most of us in this industry, and uh, you know, done many many uh, roles, worn many hats through the course of uh, the my stay with CSS. Uh, my current role, I am a senior vice president and head of global support for all the consumer services business that we do. Um, yeah, that that's a bit about me. And again, like uh, uh, when when you join an organization, when I did uh, with CSS uh, all those years ago, we were roughly about three hundred odd people. Uh, started on the front lines, and you you wear multiple hats, do multiple roles. And uh, CSS has been an organization that's been very kind to me and, and allowed me to explore various parts and various roles, uh, and given me the opportunity to be uh, where I am. And it's an absolute privilege. And so, when you started, CSS was three hundred people. Is that is that right? When I started, roughly yeah, three hundred and fifty to four hundred. That, that's the rough number when I started, and uh, we are a little over ten thousand people now. So I've seen that <laughs> build what what about thousand x now. <laughs> that's incredible, isn't it? And you know, it, it really is. You've you've kind of worked through the heyday of the outsourcing kind of boom. I suppose you were relatively, um, you know, a late participant in that kind of later part of the boom, but just incredible growth, isn't it? To see a company go from 300 people up to over 10,000 people. And considering also the infrastructure, the systems, the processes you need, because otherwise it would just be absolute chaos if you had 10,000 people doing whatever. So it's you must have seen you know, incredible sort of maturation of processes during that time. Yeah, absolutely. It has been an absolute thrill ride, right? I, can, I can't even recollect how things were back in the day. Uh, I still remember, you know, days where the CRM was so slow that, you know, we used to stay back after shifts got done just to document cases, right? You hit the submit button on a CRM, it takes five, 10 minutes for the cases to get uh, uploaded. That That's how rudimentary the tools and systems uh, were uh, also the products uh, the, and 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 the, and the stuff that was there out in the market wasn't mature enough right now you're talking about a completely different world where you're talking about uh, digital interventions in literally every walk of life and every walk aspect of the process that we do right from hiring to uh, the operation side of things to engagement right which is even more accentuated during these crazy times that we uh, that we live in so yeah i've, I've seen uh, an incredible transformation but that i think is the most exciting thing about our industry isn't it Derek? right the the absolute uh, you know fast pace a frenetic pace in which change happens right uh, i'm sure you know you, you've sat back and seen the industry evolve as well it's just amazing. And if you just don't adapt and change, you become irrelevant in, in six to 12 months. So uh, I, I think it's one of the most fast-paced industries that's out there. Um, that just evolves every, every, uh, every, every day, right? I keep telling my, my team, right? Our last month's scorecards are as good as last month, right? We are as good as our last month's scorecard. Let's go again. So it's just incredible to see this industry evolve. Yeah, and I suppose over your 20-year span, it, you know, it's pretty much gone from just telephony, just voice, because that that's all there was to, you know, this incredible sort of internet capacity 
expansion and now it's everything yeah you know every every kind of computer function uh, is potentially offshored and even customer service and communications is now it, you know it's omni-channel so just the complexity and sophistication of all these things the to be a relevant outsourcer you you have to sort of have mastery of all of these platforms all these mediums all these processes just to stay relevant to the the businesses that would consider you absolutely uh, right now uh, you know uh, for for the what is what is the industry heading towards right it's about delivering the customer the most seamless experience and make it as simple uh, as possible for him right? that, that's where the industry is heading and if you look at the ways and the channels that through which we we handle tickets and handle volumes you know with the advent of the social world uh, social media support and, and you know all forms you know sms support so on and so forth it's just incredible you know we recently um, even went into uh, augmented reality support one of the things that we had launched uh, last year was uh, AR VR support where, you know, because of the nature of the business that we are in and we work with a lot of the technology companies, we've come up with um, um, AR VR guided support where a customer can just point his uh, his smartphone at uh, the device that he wants troubleshooting and he, he gets guided steps on what to do, you know, which cable he needs to unplug or what he needs to do as his next step. And it just kind of blew my mind, right? It, uh, it's uh, it's it's just technology uh, leveraging technology uh, in so many different uh, ways uh, to to support the customer. Even the way you look at data, right? The way you analyze data, the way you interpret data, and 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 the kind of insights that you're able to come up with and give back to your partners that you work with, your clients that you work with, and, and for them to be able to take actionable insights and actions into you know, changing some of their products, their feature sets, their, their go-to-market strategy. It is. The advent of technology is truly, truly one of the most empowering and enriching things that's happened, right? There's a lot of chatter about technology and, and and all of these new mediums that are coming out there that will drive away volumes so on and so forth i think that's just a misconception the human element is always going to be the most valuable part of what we do but i think you know empowering the humans that work with all of these channels all of these technologies is truly the the next generation of where this industry is heading to yeah i mean when you started and you know 20 years ago it was it was all happening in bricks and mortar, you know, like all the sales, all the retail, all the things were happening in bricks and mortar. And I suppose the it was truly a back end that was supporting that. But now, you know, the, the retail, the bricks and mortar is suffering and everyone's closing up the shops and all of the activity, all of the sales, all of the engagement, all of the demonstrations is actually happening online, through platforms, uh, through e-commerce. And actually, so it's it's brought what was kind of a back-end support function right to the front. You know, you're actually, you are the coalface of, of the industry now. And, you know, again, you, you've got to be sophisticated in your approach to that and be able to master things well. But it's no longer just a supporting function. It's actually the function itself. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, think about, you know, what happened March, April of last year, right? The the world shut down basically, right? And uh, and and large businesses, you know, they had to close down every outlet of theirs, every uh, every mechanism that they had, 
and and who who was who was who were the guys that were out there kind of holding the fort it was the support guys right it was the entire support industries that just held the fort volumes across the board just went off the hook uh, right and, uh, and 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 it it was it was the industry's moment to pivot and we had to pivot as well we've had to move into work from home models and and do a whole host of changes while uh, while taking on um, all of that volume and and all of those interactions that were coming away it was quite the challenge um but i guess that's the new norm and the way forward uh, right i i think this is um the one thing that the last year and a half has taught us is that uh you know this hybrid model uh, is going to be the way of the future um, so it's it's mm. it's it's a wait and see situation but i really am excited about how a lot more organizations are more open to hybrid models i also think a lot of organizations and a lot of companies have started to adopt a lot more tools and technologies um i i i joke internally in our office saying you know um, covid is the mother of all digital uh, improvements and implementations in in, yeah. in the industry right now so yeah, exciting times ahead yeah, for sure. And how was your COVID experience then? I mean, it, it just demonstrates incredible agility that not only, you know, have you got to cope with the, the world's biggest pandemic, but you've got to maintain all of your uptime. You've got to mobilize 10,000 staff from offices into their homes and make sure they have the hardware and connections and just an incredible feat. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. See, COVID or no COVID, we have a commitment to 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 our customers of of meeting the service levels and and, and delivering them the work that we signed up for. Right, uh, that's never going to change. The 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 swivel was absolutely incredible. Right, and I think we were one of the few organizations um, to have everybody up and running. Uh, in a work from home setup uh, within the first week itself, at least in the Philippines, I can tell you within uh, 48 hours of uh, the country going into lockdown, we had 100% of our staff here working from home, uh, absolutely being productive. And and I think that's one of the advantages of being a, a mid-sized organization. Uh, we are incredibly nimble and you can take certain uh, decisions quickly and, and just pivot quicker right it also helped that uh, we had a site in uh, we have a site rather in dalian china so they were hit first in in uh, january itself uh, right so you know we went through that entire situation there so you know kind of gave us a taste of uh, what is to come although i'll be if i have to be honest i didn't expect it to last for over a year and a half now um but uh it, yeah, it, 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 did, it did give us a taste of what uh, is to come and and again certain things uh worked our way right because of uh, some of the clientele that we worked in we've always been on a on a laptop environment uh we've always had uh 10 15 of our staff working from home so we've always had our pcp plans in place uh, and and most organizations, the biggest uh, challenge was laptops, right? I can tell you, COVID skilled the desktop world <laughs> for, forever, right? Nobody's ever buying desktops and systems in the, in offices anymore. So the fact that we had a good starting point, and the fact that we were a little prepared, and we kind of saw this coming, uh, and as an organization, we were just able to pivot quickly, right? And and after that, 
uh, it's been in, incredible. We, we've had a 25% uh, growth rate uh, last fiscal year. We're trending at that same rate this fiscal year. So uh, COVID has been good to us, if I may say so. And that's even a good thing to say. Um, but, you know, we've worked... I mean, it's incredible growth, isn't it? And, and it's good because especially the Philippines and I dare say India, you know, there's not a lot of state support. You know, the the governments aren't sending out stimulus checks to the people. And it's it's really brilliant that these industries are growing and supporting, uh, you know, the people. Um, and it really is a private sector-led kind of support structure, isn't it? So it's incredible to see that kind of growth in such uh, incre- like crazy times. Yeah, no, we are proud of that. And, and you are you're spot on, right, in, in some of the regions that we do operate in the Philippines. It is a challenge because we don't uh, – we, we've had to do – the industry, the BPO industry has had to do a lot of it uh, on its own. Um, Alpeza has been incredible in, in supporting, you know, the work from home extension, so on and so forth. A lot of the stuff that we've had to jump hoops through, right, and to get done. So uh, it, it's been a challenge. But I think what's more important is after you swiveled, what was more important is to keep the engagement going, right? There is our our people under a, are under a lot of stress. We don't we don't we underestimate, you know, uh, the kids in this industry doing what they are doing from home twenty four hours. It is incredibly, incredibly. Uh, draining right so we've we've uh, had to build think out of the box in terms of our engagement with people we've had to bring in uh, you know uh, medical counseling we've had to give, bring in uh, psychiatric help we've had to be proactive on that front uh, of late we've, we've even done vaccination drives globally and had our staff vaccinated uh, we've just had to go kind of a above and beyond and literally think out of the box because traditional engagement methods traditional governance methods just don't work in this space right it has to be a lot more personal it has to be a lot more people oriented uh, and we've had to just over communicate with our people so uh, i think that is another area that's uh, kept at least i would say from my experiences has kept us in good stead and uh, and uh, i see the results working kind of keeping everything together and uh, people know we're there for them, right? In fact, when I remember when we started off the pandemic, we uh, we did a salary advance for our staff uh, for a few months here in the Philippines because you know you understand the region, you understand what they go through, and how big a deal that is, right? And and, and I've reaped the rewards uh, for that. Uh, I've had attrition uh, numbers here that I've never seen before. It has been so negligible. Uh, we've had industry leading attrition uh, numbers uh, over the last uh, few months. So uh, it's just been uh, incredible. Uh, uh, to me personally, it's been very rewarding, but it's also uh, incredible to see how this industry is evolving and adapting and changing. Yeah, I, I think it, it's really shone uh, over, over, over COVID times and, you know, um, outsourcing staff considered frontline employees. And I think they've got a lot of kudos and a lot of respect because of what they've been doing throughout the pandemic. And of course, you know, the industry has been growing, whereas maybe their their family and partners at home, they might be losing jobs or have no work. So, you know, it's, it's really kind of, um, it's already been a really significant industry in the Philippines and I assume India, but, um, you know, it's really sort of doubled down and it's really showing the power of the outsourcing industry and the, uh, 
the incredible value for the industry for the for the Philippines. It's it's um, been an incredible journey. Yeah. It it sure has it sure has, and um, I think um, <laughs> um, the 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 people realize truly the power of the industry now. I I also think that uh, it's going to be looked upon a lot more seriously, right? And I think uh, the industry does need its help. Uh, I hope people uh, locally come together. They see they see what the industry has done and and uh, and help us continue this journey. I I think the Philippines is the contact center capital of uh, the world, and uh, long may it continue. Yeah, I want to discuss that shortly, but let's first, of course, introduce CSS Corp. Uh, that's who you uh, represent. That's who you've been working with for eighteen years. And it, it's you know firmly a mid-sized player in the market, which is which is a great space to be in. What is CSS Corp? CSS Corp uh, has been around for uh, twenty-five years. Uh, we are in our twenty-sixth year, year uh, as we speak, and uh, we are an IT services organization. We started off as an IT services organization uh, with about eighty percent of our staff focusing on uh, support. Uh, in the consumer space, uh, enterprise uh, space, and the digital space. We are heavily uh, technology-oriented, and we work with a lot of uh, the uh, telecom industry, the ISVs, the OEM equipment manufacturers, um, um, and, and predominantly focused in and around on, on the technology space. That's where we started off. And we've branched into uh, the support world, uh, the, the consumer support world as well, and the customer support space as well. And we work a lot uh, with uh, with the automobile guys, with uh, retail people uh, right now, providing uh, customer support. Eighty, Like I said, 80% of our staff has been uh, with, uh, sorry, are with the support space. The remaining 20% uh, is around uh, uh, the work that we do in the digital space and uh, the geospatial space, uh, which are the, which are our other two uh, service lines that we have, we are globally a little over ten thousand people. Our, our largest sites are in India, where we roughly have four thousand uh, people, and then you know followed by the Philippines, with a little over two thousand people. Uh, Costa Rica, we we our LATAM presence uh, has a little over thousand people. We also have a site in uh, Colombia. Uh, and then our Europe presence is with uh, uh, with Poland, with uh, Romania coming up shortly, and our onshore presence is um, with uh, is in Utah, Draper City, Utah. Wow, that must be a logistical nightmare to manage all of those countries, locations. Like, does that take a lot of kind of coordination? Yep, it is, and uh, explains why you and I are talking at twelve thirty uh, a.m. in the morning because we don't have a clock anymore. Uh, but yeah, we we do have our our systems and structures in place where we try our best to ensure that from a from a delivery standpoint and from a customer standpoint, because for for a lot of our customers, we do these uh, engagements from multiple geos, right? Uh, so from that standpoint, we do. Um, ensure that uh, it's like a seamless model but hey it, it, each region has its own challenges uh and comes with its own nuances the other thing that we also do for most parts is uh in each of those regions we try to employ as many locals as possible because once you have you know a workforce that's built locally uh they kind of understand the re- region's nuances uh, a lot better than you know uh 
and kind of getting people from other geos to come in and, and do their stuff. So, uh, yeah, it, it is a challenge, but uh, it, it's worked thus far. Yeah, just and did you have a China office? Did you mention? I did. Apologize for mentioning that. We have an office in yeah. Dalian in in, uh, in China as well. So our Asia presence is Philippines and uh, in China, Europe, like I mentioned. Is what do you do in China? Because I reckon that is the new frontier. Obviously, you know, most of the economic growth is coming from China now. They're a manufacturing powerhouse, and there are so many Chinese businesses that want to get into the West, not necessarily through Amazon. And I just find it, it it's its an incredible opportunity for English representation of Chinese businesses. Is that is that anything that you work on? Or like, I, I just think that's a huge opportunity. I think it's, an, it's a region that needs to be monitored very closely in terms of the opportunities, right? Like you said, there's a ton of uh, OEMs uh, there. Uh, what we do is we work uh, for most of the technology-based, uh, you know, uh, OEMs out of there. We do a lot of tech work there. We also rely on that region for a lot of the uh, of, uh, of a lot of uh, language support uh, from there. Right? Um, it is a lot more technology-oriented, though, right? You, we, we, because of the nature of the industry there and and the kind of work that uh, gets done out of there. It's going to be focused. You find a lot of technology-oriented, high-tech skilled people there with right. uh, that, that do language support, though, right? Um, it's not a region that I would highly recommend for uh, for English support from, right? So, you know, you wouldn't go there to do uh, bilingual support. It'll always be a challenge. But because of the nature of the technology industry, Half of them have their manufacturing in and around that area, right? So it does make sense. And they all have requirements for that language uh, support from that region. So that's what we leverage uh, that for. Uh, all the work that we do there are language support based with the technology flavor to it. And sort of while we're on the different countries, India then, uh, you know, is... Really, you know, I'm biased towards the Philippines and I would like to think that it is kind of the global player, go-to global player. But India is, it's about sort of four to six times bigger than the Philippine outsourcing market. It's been doing it, you know, maybe a few years longer. Um, Many, many millions more employees in that sector. And also, I think it's a little bit more sort of technically focused as opposed to customer service focused. How do you see... The two industries, like India versus Philippines, in terms of the the pros and cons and things like that. Yeah, see, India is, is, is like you said, there's just a lot of us, right? It's it's a huge, huge uh, country, right? And it's a pretty mature industry there. But there's a very clear differentiation, um, right? At least the way we view it and, and and how I've seen it work well is when there is a lot more technology focused work needed, send it to India, right? When the work is more, you know, L0, you know, customer support, back office, more of processing kind of work, send it to the Philippines, right? So basically use India for its technology expertise because um, the education system and the way it's structured and the amount of engineers that you're going to find there, it's just, uh, it just makes sense, right? Uh, it is a high on... Uh, um, on uh, IQ there, uh, whereas the Philippines, I, I always say, you know, play to the their strength, which is the EQ element. Right? So uh, th- these two industries will always be the front runners in our space. Uh, they will always set the tune um, 
for these two specific skill sets, right? So as long as uh, companies kind of understand, you know, what bang for your buck that you get and what quality you want to expect and, and, you know, how much you want to pay for more, the Philippines roughly is about 15%, maybe uh, more expensive than 15, 20% as a yardstick more expensive than India. So it's about, you know, knowing what you want and, uh, and that will kind of decide which region you want to go to. But these two regions are powerhouses of our industry and always be the first uh, front runners in our space. I, I think it's so incredible now the specialization within outsourcing and a lot of a lot of industries and roles have specialized. But you know, twenty years ago, customer service you either did it in house or you took it out house and people would pick up the phone. There's not really a lot of complexity to it, but. Now, you know, as, as we've had this conversation, there's the sophistication of the sort of industry and the processes, um, but also the fact that you are spanning the globe, you know, and you can kind of pick from a buffet of different skills and resources, whether it's India or whether it's nearshoring or China or the Philippines. Uh, and then, of course, it's all these omni-channel um, and tool management. It, it's just incredible, isn't it? You know, it, it's like as a business now, you really have no choice. You can't. You don't really have the capacity and sophistication to do it in-house. It's much better to to work with partners that have this skill set and specialization. Yeah, absolutely. See, as I said earlier, right? Um, see, this is no longer a butts on seats uh, business, right? Uh, you need to. This this industry is about driving value up uh, for for the partners, right? And and as a as a customer who's looking to outsource, right? Uh, you're not going to be able to stay on track and and keep up you know track of the trends of the outsourcing industry and you know what's new out there how can you drive a great product experience or how can you drive a great customer experience your focus has to be on your company your process you know what do you want to go to your market with what do you want to do for your customers right so you know doing this in-house um I think those days are long gone, right? You can maybe have specialized teams that are like level three or, you know, you know some, some IP-based people within your system, right? But for the rest, you, you depend on, you know, on the outsourcing world, right? You, you got to go out there. But the key is about is it has to be selecting the right partner. Are you selecting a partner that's vested in uh, in uh, your business? Would he be able to add value to your business? Would he be truly be a partner rather than just a butts and seats guy? Right. And I think that's the most important thing: kind of understanding what you want, uh, and can you get a partner that is truly, truly vested in the outcomes of your your organization? And working alongside that, isn't it? It's, it's a it's co-delivery and it's a true partnership and a strategic partnership. And then that's when the the real results flow. Okay. In in terms of, I mean, you 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 do lead the consumer business and, and customer support kind of end, but in the smaller end of outsourcing, it's becoming more of a staff augmentation model. So SMEs around the world, they might take someone for customer service, someone for sales, someone for marketing, and then also someone in accounting, you know, and it almost becomes just like a staffing model. Do you, does CSS do that as well? And are there certain areas where you do specialize in and then other areas that you don't touch? Or how, how do you sort of across the, the the range of services yeah so we we don't look at just 
a, a staffing uh, model, right? Any partnership that we, and I use that word very carefully. I use the word partnership very carefully because that's what we like to do, right? We like to uh, uh, get into a partnership and anybody that we want to work with or who wants to work with us, we we want to be in a space where we can add value to them and, and also understand the industry and the space that they are in. Right and and what their growth trajectory looks like and where do they want to be here? Right, we don't mind working. We've had stories internally where we've started accounts with five, ten heads and they're three, four hundred people with us right now. Right, so uh, size really doesn't matter. Right, but I think what is very important to us is you know what industry that they are in, what are they looking to do, uh, you know, and and how is that partnership uh, going to work? You said something very important uh, in the last thing. It, it, this is no longer about I've outsourced work to you uh, and you better deliver results, right? It doesn't work that way anymore. That's old school. This is about working together. It's a partnership in every sense. We become an extension of their organization. In fact, we probably are the most outward facing element of their organization. So this, this really needs to go hand in hand. So going back to your question, I think it's about uh, uh, we don't, uh, we, we want it to be a partnership, right? So we, we look at, you know, what value we can bring to the table and if we can grow together. We we were, like I said, once 300 odd people and, and we've grown to 10,000 people. So we want to be in that journey along with customers. So we, we identify where they are, which industry they are, and, you know, we're happy to work with them, right? So and if that means we need to start small and, and work our way through it, we'd be the most happiest to partner with those kind of uh, customers as well. How do you build the, the the trust with clients? And maybe it's just a, a time thing in that, you know, a lot of clients can be a little bit condescending and, you know, they may be high growth, but they're a young business. They're still figuring things out themselves. Uh, and they come over to, you know, an outsourcer. They see it as sort of a company from a developing nation and they'll show people how to do it properly. And they don't really realize that actually, you know, it's, it's you that is highly sophisticated you know how to run these processes much better than the client how do you build that level of trust where you know it's i would assume it's much better for you if the client gives you more responsibility and actually seeks kind of advice and direction from from you to help build a better stronger business but how do you you know how do you cross that sort of divide from being a a vendor to to a partner and and a partner that advises Trust uh, basically starts with transparency, uh, Derek, right? The way we operate any of our uh, operations is to be super transparent with the customer. Like I said, we become an extension of theirs, so there's no point not being transparent with them, right? And if it's a problem, it's a problem we're going to sit and solve together, right? Uh, You know, gone are the days, like I mentioned, where the customer is going to come and uh, it's going to dictate everything to you. It doesn't work that way uh, because we're the experts in our field, right? And, And they're the experts in the product that they have. You are spot on when you say, you know, you, you do sometimes get into uh, environments where, you know, the customer kind of likes to dictate, you know, how we should do things, so on and so forth, right? But it's a question of working our way through it, calling out the risks in certain things, right? Calling out risks based on experience, calling out risks based on, based on data. But at the end of the day, it comes to being transparent and saying, hey, if we're going to do this, it's this is going to be the results x y and z if we do this that's how the result is going to be and kind of work our way through it right uh and i think it's it's very very important 
transparency. The other thing is communication, right? Just make sure that uh, there's free flow of communication on both sides. A lot of the times I've seen programs and relationships get soured just because, you know, the communication didn't happen on time, right? So I think time and on time uh, and, and timely communication and trust, I think are the most uh, key elements in uh, kind of building that trust with uh, with customers. So uh, yeah, and, and sometimes these relationships build over time, uh, you know, as, as you work through, uh, it, there's also a time factor, the tenure of relationships matter, but, you know, uh, there, are, there have been engagements that I've started through the course of uh, the pandemic, you know, we've lit up quite a few no, new programs, uh, but, you know, kind of staying true to those uh, two values of being transparent and uh, and communicating clearly has just held us in good stead. And I think those are good starting points uh, to, to build a great uh, trusted uh, partnership. Mm. And how do you price all this then? You, you know, as you said yourself, you're not any longer selling a, a bum on a seat. You're actually selling solutions. You're selling uh, systems. You're selling results. So how do you, how do you price these things generally? Yeah, and I think that's one of our big differentiators, uh, Derek. I can, uh, without getting into specifics or comparing ourselves with anybody else, can can say that we are one of the most competitive in any of the regions that we are from a price point. Right? We are never going to walk away from a deal that uh, with with a with a big disagreement on price. And I'll tell you why I say that with that much confidence. Right? The difference between us and some of these large players in our space is that you know we don't have a lot of sunken. We don't have a, 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 a bit, you know, 10 different buildings built out waiting to be filled. Uh, and neither are we top heavy, right? Uh, we've been able to build uh, an ecosystem where, you know, if we need space, we know how to get it available immediately. But more importantly, we run a very lean and mean organization on the sales and account management side on, on the leadership side. When I say leadership side, I'm talking about the senior leadership, right? We beef up our mid-management to make sure execution is absolutely spot on. But we are lean and mean on the top. And what that helps is a lot of people don't understand that, you know, with, with big organizations and big names, they are so top heavy. But they got to understand that all of that cost gets translated to the customer. We've realized that being nimble and structured in a in certain way, those costs that we save, we actually give back to a customer. So I can I can say from a price point, anybody that who wants to to, to work with us, uh, CSS will will be super competitive in the market. So uh, that's our general approach to pricing, right? Is to kind of make sure that uh, while we are obviously in the business of making profits and money, uh, make sure that uh, you do right by the customer and don't you know front load a lot of these costs that these customers don't even know, right? And a lot of a lot of times, uh, our CEO keeps telling me, saying, "Dude, open the open the book, show them the spreadsheet, right? Under, let them see what's there. Look, let them see all the line items, so they absolutely know what's going on, right?" So, uh, that that's our approach to pricing, and something that's been uh, giving us results over the last uh, few years as well. Yeah, and I think the industry is complicated because it, it's a really complicated service, isn't it? You know, you, unfortunately, you can't just say this costs $100. It's a mm-hmm. highly complex service delivery. So it takes a, a pretty complex understanding and a deep conversation. And I always encourage people to to just have that conversation, you know, pick up the phone, 
start building relationships, explore these things and have a conversation. And it's that first step that is invaluable, I think, for the client, you know, to, to just get moving. You don't have to commit, but just start having that conversation and kind of start seeing how it could integrate with your business. Because people that aren't offshoring or outsourcing, they're just leaving so much opportunity on the on the table. Yeah, absolutely. And especially for people who are doing this for the first time, one of the things that I I, I, I always keep saying is, please be clear about, uh, you know, let's, to your point, start having that conversation with us. And you know? let's list down, you know, what you want, right? Because when they start off, they want everything, right? I want a fancy IVR system. I want a, uh, I want an all-encompassing CRM. I want an Agent 360 and all of these fancy stuff that's out there, right? I want an automated voicemail, so on and so forth, right? all of those uh, things, right? Uh, but then you, you sit work with them and kind of peel things down keep it simple, understand, you know, the elements that are involved in this, the complexity of the work and how much it's going to cost them and, and what the outcome is going to be and kind of chart a roadmap, right? And kind of start in, in start where, you know, it's achievable and go progress step by step, right? And kind of have that open workshop with, uh, with any service provider is the first thing that I tell anybody who's looking to do this for the first time, right? Have that conversation, right? See if you can map, map that journey out uh, because there's so much that's out there. There's so much that uh, people can do and, 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 and the potential is, is immense. And like you said, the amount of money that they're leaving on the table by not taking the outsourced approach for the ones that have never tried it before, I think that money could be well spent somewhere else. Yeah, and as you say, you know, it, it's for the for the client that isn't in this game. You know, they're obviously very good at their core, their core product, but they don't know what they don't know. And just picking up the phone and having a conversation, it's just you know, typically so eye opening for them. I've been. We can maybe leave it in the future. So, with uh, you know, there's a lot of conversation around uh, automation and AI, and is it going to you know cause the loss of hundreds of millions of jobs around the world? Is it the end of outsourcing? And also is outsourcing embracing automation? How do you, how do you see that whole thing playing out in your industry? As I briefly mentioned earlier, uh, nobody's ever going to replace the human element in our industry. It's not going to happen. Uh, the way all of this automation, digital enablement uh, needs to be looked at is, is ways of empowering and augmenting the, the power of the, the human uh, uh, element that's so, so key to our industry, right? It will help them um, resolve tickets faster. It will help uh, you know, in, in driving a better customer experience. That's how it needs to be looked at. There's never going to be a day where, you know, the, the, the human element is going to be completely uh, uh, replaced. The other side, though, is products are going to be see, the, the lower end of volumes is going to definitely reduce because, you know, products are going to get better. They're going to be more efficient ways of supporting that, which is why I think it's also very important that the workforce that's out there, we, we really need to get a little bit more aggressive about upskilling them, right? And kind of getting them future ready with newer technologies and newer products and newer, you know, just newer things that are out there. I think that's also very important. To answer your question, I don't think uh, there's ever going to be a day where all of this is going to get replaced by humans and sorry by by bots and, and RPAs and, and automation. 
uh, it's only going to help us do our jobs better. But I think it's also very, very important to focus on upskilling our people and make them future proof. Yeah, I agree, and yeah, I think generally it's a it's a bright future. And also, I think if if you know every single job is going to be wiped out by computers, then we're in a diff- very different reality, aren't we? We've got to sort of stop and you know reassess everything on the planet. So it's uh, I'm I'm certainly not too concerned for the industry in the in the short term. Ivan, thank you so much. Uh, I've really learned a lot, and it's an exciting journey for you. Uh, and it's it's great to see this industry you know, providing such incredible careers and journeys for individuals within the industry. So it's uh, great to hear your story. Of course, I encourage everyone to to reach out and have a conversation with outsourcers, with, with you, for example, with CSS. Uh, if anyone wants to learn more, how can they get in touch? They can uh, hit us on our website, www.cssquarp.com. Uh, the same holds good for all the social handles. Um, and we can go from there. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, Derek. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. That was Arvind Apavu of CSS Corp. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. And as always, if you want to send us an email, just email us at ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.